This is Smart Franchising with FranSmart. In this podcast, we'll be discussing hot topics in the world of franchising. FranSmart CEO Dan Rowe will talk with industry experts to answer your questions on the business of franchising. In this episode, Dan talks with Paul Tran. Paul worked at FranSmart under Dan for 10 years, absorbing knowledge about franchise operations before becoming a large multi-unit franchisee himself as the first franchisee with the Halal Guys. Hi, I'm Dan Rowe from FranSmart. Hi, this is Paul, Halal Guys franchisee. Hey, so Paul, thank you so much for joining us. You guys are one of the original franchisees at Halal Guys. You're one of the most successful franchisees at Halal Guys. Give us a little bit about your story, why you got into Halal Guys, a bit about your journey, where you're at right now, and then any advice for somebody thinking about getting into this business, including advice that might talk someone not into getting into this business. Thank you, Dan. And I've been under your wing for about a decade. I learned how to grow restaurant chains from small mom and pop, local unknown concepts to uh, large brands that the world gets to enjoy today, uh, including brands that uh, we made able to go public, uh, be acquired by public companies. Five Guys was an incredible case study. Uh, and so I always look to you for just um, guidance and not a, an established restaurant brand that has thousands and thousands of stores and the barrier to entry is so uh, expensive and hard to get into, but brands that uh, are much bigger than their number of stores. Uh, and so during my time learning from you, um, you know, I was always looking for the next big thing. Uh, and of course, everybody was doing burgers. Ever since you grew five guys, everybody's done pizza, everybody's done coffee. Uh, but when you partnered up with the Halal guys, um, I looked around and just noticed that there were no market leaders in the Middle, Middle Eastern Mediterranean space. And so after working under your guidance, also meeting the owners, falling in love with the concept, I also had a personal love for the brand as well. I, every time I traveled to New York, I'd always eat there. And so I have a personal love uh, affair with the brand. I knew that this was going to be huge. And so I asked for your blessing and as well as the owners, uh, I built a team, uh, a solid team to fly out to New York, state our business case for why we'd be uh, awesome franchisees. Uh, thanks to your guidance and my experience working with FranceMark. How many locations were open back then? <laughs> uh, I think they just, they just had the five carts. I think they were just <laughs> trying to do, but yeah, it, it was, it was insane, but it's funny because you taught me something that was really interesting because nowadays when people say, oh, I, the reason why I want to buy a franchise is because I want to, because there's already a thousand stores and that's like McDonald's or Subway, right? But, but you taught me that, would you rather invest in Google now or Google 20 years ago? All the fundamentals are there. It's incredible food. It's familiar. It's got a huge following. It's, uh, the fanfare is bigger than the number of stores. And so if we were to get in now, we would be able to just uh, ride the upswing and let, let the number of stores catch up to, the, to, to how big the brand is. We uh, decided early on that if we were going to buy a big territory and build a ton of stores, we would need to invest heavily into infrastructure, uh, hiring a good um, manager that already had experience managing multiple stores and could be a director of operations. Uh, and you've taught me that, you know, you always need to hire for the sales you want to make and you can always pare down, but you only get one chance to, to make a good first impression. And so that's how we stated our case to the owners and uh, 
you know, we got it. So how many locations do you have open now? We're the largest franchisee uh, with more stores on the way. We currently have 10 stores open and operating. 10 open. How many do you think you'll have like in the next two years? We're planning on building three or four next year. I've lived through the last economic downturn and uh, noticed that a lot more good real estate was snatched up during uh, economic uncertainty and downturns. And so uh, no matter what good real estate, it's still good real estate. It's just at a better deal. So um, way better deal. Yeah. 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 Plan on doing three or four this, this coming year. And then I remember when your first store opened in Costa Mesa, all I remember you guys, I'd look on your social media and I'd see these pictures of this line that seemed to go around the block. Somebody did a drone picture or something and it was, it looked like a, looked like a concert, like people trying to get into a concert. <laughs> Between us and me and my four partners, we probably have each 20 different versions of that video. So yes, I'll send it to you. Yeah, send me that. But, but the point is you got into the brand at a time when we didn't even have a store. We didn't even have a store. So we now have almost a hundred stores, another few hundred in development all across North America, Asia, Europe. And the company took about a year off of franchising. They went from carts to all of a sudden this huge thing. And it was going a little too fast. We had some growing pains and, and responsibly they put the brakes on it. I also respect that they, they put things on hold so they can fortify our, our, you know, the existing infrastructure that they had. Um, you know, they, they started off as a small family, right? So they had to learn how to be a global, a global company. So that's a mindset thing and a heavy capital intensive uh, investment. For us, I mean, we, we love the concept. Um, the love has remained the same. Uh, I still remain really proud of the brand. Uh, that's why we're continuing to, to put more money into stores as well as keep in mind more stores means more, uh, more director of, of operations, which are expensive, but it's, it's absolutely worth it. We're going to continue building more stores and we're going to try and uh, acquire more territory if possible. I always tell a new franchisee, a franchise is really fun when it turns into a company, not so much when you feel like you're buying yourself a job. Yes. So somebody should always buy a franchise with the idea that they're going to get to five locations or maybe 10 locations, right? And then they're not going to be in the day-to-day -day operations. To do that, and you guys did this, you guys hired right off the bat, you guys went deep and hired a director of operations that had a lot of experience opening up other restaurants because people don't know this until you've opened a new restaurant. New restaurants are no fun. When you first open up a new restaurant, crap happens, right? There's, it's, it's a mess. And you want somebody who leans into that and who likes that and who's been through that a couple of times. So you really want somebody who's already been a director of ops, has opened a bunch of new restaurants, has already promoted a couple of other successful general managers. And then you want a general manager who's is not, not just a manager, but a GM who's also been opening team of a couple of other restaurants and who's built a team and all this. And then you want a strong kitchen manager who's also done the same thing. They've gone in and either done turnarounds or they've been part of new restaurants and have had to do that. Like to me, that's the, that's the holy trinity. If you can get a really good DO, really good GM, really good KM, who's got a lot of experience, give them an opportunity to make more money than they've ever made by making you a lot of money. That to me is the winner. And I feel like you guys did that. You hired people from Panera or Chipotle or somebody, I can't remember exactly who, you took them all down to PALS to go get their head on straight about what you guys are trying to do. But maybe, maybe run through that. How do you guys build your team? Because your, yeah. your stores did more than double what everyone else does, way more than double. 
Yeah, we're pretty blessed. Um, and I think it's because, you know, I, I have to credit you because, um, you know, working under your wing for 10 years has taught me so much about uh, brands that have taken off and case studies on brands that just flatline or they just they just disappear. And it, yeah, it does go back to how much you're willing to invest in your, your infrastructure. You know, we secured like four or five leases in one shot. <laughs> and not only that, we were able to invest. We actually snatched the uh, Panera Bread uh, district manager that opened like 75 Panera Breads. We also wow. had a district manager that- uh, uh, Hey, hey, hey how, how much did that person cost, the Panera district 75 unit? Um, we paid 90, I think it was like 90,000 plus benefits. So about 150 grand. Uh, and so, yeah, it was, it was pretty hefty, but when you were coaching us through the whole, how to, how to think about this, you reminded me that even though it seems like a lot of money right up front, if you are prepared and you hire for the sales you want to make, uh, that pays for itself within a month or two months, Mm -hmm. you really think about it. So yeah, we, we just heavily invested in that. We also agreed as a team that we would not take any distributions uh, for, for a couple quarters. Uh, and so that allowed us to be fully cash flow to feel much more comfortable about opening more stores, hiring more people. And I kind of just took off and self-fund the rest of the stores as well. It's kind of like a garden hose, like a one-inch garden hose will only get so much water through it no matter how hard you push. If you want more water going through, you need a bigger garden hose. And that's, that's the difference between hiring, you know, your kids to run a busy restaurant or a GM, or in your case, you hired a 90 unit opening Panera person, right? And so you guys opened up, like your garden hose was not a one inch garden hose. It was a one foot garden hose. The way that you guys opened and just went nuts. And I remember not only was it busy, you guys did a good job operating. You know, a busy restaurant sounds great unless you're the people behind the line running the shifts, you know, like to me and you were high-fiving each other. (laughs) The people that actually are running the shifts, they they don't get paid any more money, right? Because the line's two blocks down. You know, you guys were running a good show. You guys had a good team. You guys were running a good show. And that's why you have 10 stores right now. So, so yeah, that's great. And then, you know, what about the systems? Is there anything about the Halal Guys systems that as long as you follow it, you're going to get the results or, or you like, what do you, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, I, I think that the ownership has done a really good job honoring the original recipes and the original menu items. And so um, I think, you know, I, I always tell potential franchisees that do call me every once in a while asking for questions and snooping around. I usually just say that, you know, if you're, if you're like a real true entrepreneur, the one that likes to create things and like defy like conventional wisdom or whatever, don't be a franchisee. Uh, Do your own thing. Yeah, might as well create your own thing. But uh, the franchisees that are the best that I've seen is just folks that do come from large organizations. So they're used to handling tons of money. Uh, They also have, they're used to following systems and, and structures and they know that that is the pathway to success. And so if you're like a hybrid entrepreneur but hybrid like corporate executive type person that is used to just seeing a template that works and just follow and complying it complying with it uh then then i think that that you're you're set up for success um you can absolutely make recommendations for food items or ways to market and i don't think the owners are will unreasonably like deny anything that you suggest you know because they know that franchisees make them better and smarter and stronger but um, you do need to accept that the very at the very least like you need to follow the system 
I went to well, I went to Hologa's at the mall with my wife and son over the weekend. The menus evolved, right? It's still the same concept with the chicken and the gyro and the falafel, but the menus evolved a little bit. Like we've done, we done, a, we did a really cool burrito concept. We've added French fries. You know, they've got different LTOs. But what's your sense? I mean, they they innovate and they mix it up, right? What do you think about that? I like to think that our us Californian franchisees were the ones that got fries into the menu because you know <laughs> you're from California, so you know we're a fries culture, right? Chili yeah. cheese fries, nacho fries. We stated our business case, and you know they wanted to help us be successful, and they wanted to try things, and so we tried fries. It's a permanent staple. Um, good. So. Appreciate the chat. It was good to see you again. Likewise. Hopefully, I'll see you soon live. But I appreciate this. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good, Dan. All right. See you. Here. Join us next month to learn more about the business of franchising. Franchising is a business of systems. Follow the system and you'll be successful. Franchising only works when you get wealthy by helping others get wealthy. It really is worth it. That's the Fran Smart way.